Welcome to Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Robbie Straczynski. Thank you so much for joining us on episode number 78 of Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town. Every guest we have here on the Cards Chat podcast is special, but today we have someone who's a bit on another level. He's a Poker Hall of Fame nominee and the all-time leading tournament money winner in his home country of Finland. He's played at the highest stakes for almost his entire career and was not just one of the superstars of the poker boom and the online days of Rail Heaven, but he's making yet another run even on the current season of high stakes poker, where he's won and lost some of the biggest pots in that show's history. He's a true legend of the game at just 41 years of age. Patrick Antonius, welcome to the Cards Chat Podcast. Thanks, Robbie. Thanks. Good to Thanks see you. You're coming to us from Cyprus today, yes? I'm I'm currently in Cyprus. I just came from Las Vegas here. Had a long travel, missed a couple of flights and so on. <laughs> I understand. Well, the nice thing is we're at least in the same time zone, which is fun. I'm here in Israel, so that makes things a little bit easier for, for recording instead of a 10-hour time difference. So thank you for making the effort to fly halfway around the world. I appreciate it. Um, so people, they obviously know you for everything you've accomplished uh, in your career. It, you know, it's well documented, but your origins uh, in the game, both live and online, they're really something else. I mean, I know you started as a kid kind of just sort of playing for pennies, which is almost difficult to imagine. How are you not playing for you know millions of dollars right at the start? But you really just started from scratch, right? Yeah, you got to start from somewhere and, you know. Now we're going to go back, what, 30 years. So, you know, where poker was there 30 years ago was not much games and knowledge about the game. So I started with my friends just to play for fun. But, you know, card games like like poker where there's bluffing involved, you you got to play for something, whatever. So so right. we figured out we're going to play with some pennies. And, you know, if we have a, had a good day, you could win a $1 or $2 like it was you know it was just more about that we had to play for something to make it interesting then so i had my first experiences like this at a very young age and um yeah i've been playing a long time well, 30 years ago this is you know poker wasn't what it is today it wasn't the boom years so what first turned you on to it did you see it on tv or in a magazine wow i i, I don't know if i if I will remember, um, you know, I've, I've been always just really competitive. I've been playing sports since very little, little kid, all kind of games, just competing. Like I just had it on me and, uh, we played some other cards games also and, and things. So I don't even know how it all started, but it was pretty much me and my two friends, uh, neighbors, older than me, like two years, one, two, three years older. And um, yeah, with them, I was I was playing at the, my first experiences. But things really got more like picked up when I was, I would say, 14. And um, I was practicing a lot of tennis and I, I was playing with my tennis buddies between the practices and after the practices and, and so on. And that was more like real poker. Now we had a little bit better structure in the game. 
even though it still wasn't no limit hold'em or part limit Omaha, it was kind of five card start games and all these kind of um but um but yeah it's I've always enjoyed these kind of games where where uh, yeah where you have to use some kind of strategy to win win money and it's you know it's but that those were really fun days and um and um it's been always just for fun and um even at even at the age of 18 19 when i was playing with my tennis friends and i went to the casino won my first tournament i ever played um i had no idea that you can play poker professionally i didn't know it exists i you know i didn't know anything anything really i didn't know anything about that there's some world championship tournaments or anything it was just a you know, I was on that level still, but um, it's fascinating to hear that because obviously, you're, you know, your roots are very humble. Really, just sort of started from that. Like, you know, this could just be the story of anyone. It's it's incredible, and we all again, we all know everything that you've done. But the, the roots are pretty amazing. You know, you talk about also tennis, and I'm sure you know backhand, forehand. You used to deliver newspapers as well. Like, you know, genuinely, very very humble roots is something you know that can resonate with a lot of yeah. people. Um, I imagine you don't miss that so much. Uh, I don't miss the delivery in the magazines. That was one of the one of the like experiences that I'm ha- I'm happy to have like everything what I've done in my life I've done a lot I started to work at really young age especially like this delivery magazines I think I was 11 something around there because um, I'm from pretty poor family and I had to somehow make some extra money to be able to play tennis and so on and and uh, this was <laughs> this was paying paying ridiculously small amounts this delivering magazines but um, I'm not a person who would just, I don't know, sit at home and watch TV. I'm always, always doing, I have a lot of energy and, and always learning new things. And, and, um, I did quite a bit studying also, and I went to the army and, um, but I have to say, you know, all this, uh, everything has happened like very magically in my life. Like I got kind of injured with with um, with playing tennis at the perfect time when when it was just the perfect time to start playing more poker and uh and it's been a nice ride and i gotta say also you know, just to interject you know, some of the things you're saying i, I watched uh, not the entire thing but part of the uh also award nominated finnish documentary that you were recently a part of i don't remember the name uh, in finnish can you just first of all remind me what was the name of the documentary uh, that they produced? i don't i actually have no idea oh. I'm, I'm lost. there's so many things out there that uh but i well they, i they, remember they to your house in monaco i remember uh, yes i remember doing that was a pretty good interview regarding like it covered some stuff that people people didn't know about my uh about me how i grew up how things went so yeah i recommend watching that actually that was that was a good one i i would rather have people going to find that thing instead of me going through those same things again here I completely understand. That's that's also why I brought it up as well. Uh, it is in Finnish, but it does have uh, English subtitles, oh, folks. Yeah. Uh, I I don't remember the name offhand, but you know, definitely Google it. Patrick Antonio's uh, Finnish 
uh, interview. Um, and, you know, also in the Cards Chat forums, we'll put the name of it there. So uh, it is it definitely. Even, sorry, go ahead. It was even on the. Even on Poker News, I think they put it yeah. at yeah. some point. And an excellent documentary profiles a number uh, of great players. Patrick was uh, played a great uh, role in there. I think you also spoke about uh, you know your friend Zygmunt, uh, Ilari Sahamias. You guys are still in touch today as well? Yeah, we're still in touch. He's in Finland and he's a very uh, famous person in Finland. You know, everybody knows him. So people always ask about him. How is he? <laughs> how is he doing and so on? It was fun to watch him on screen. So you can't not ask. It was it was good stuff. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, playing online as well. Um, one thing I don't believe was covered in the documentary. And again, I just I have to just sort of say it. Um, I had the opportunity to meet you uh, here in Israel uh, before uh, you've been here. Your wife, Maya, is also Israeli. You know, it's not just you've been here once or twice. So, so first of all, how did you first meet? Your wife, how did that happen when you're busy, you know, doing all the, the poker stuff and focusing on that? How, how did she come into your life? Yeah, we met in Las Vegas 2005 or 2006. I think it was actually 2006 in like March, April. So that's like, that's long time ago, 16 yeah. <laughs> years ago. Yeah, 16 years. Um, yeah, she was born in Tel Aviv in Israel, but she grew up in L.A., and uh, yeah, that's where we met. Met. We have two daughters. They're pretty old, turning fifteen and twelve now, in in a couple of months. And uh, I'm very fortunate to to have a nice family. It's it's a really. I consider myself as a very very lucky, fortunate person um, in many ways. That's really good. And, you know, what, what was family life like for you all specifically as during the you know pandemic period when a lot of us were, you know, basically kind of confined uh, to our homes for, for so many of us that gave us the opportunity to spend more time uh, with our family instead of always being out there and traveling. That was that a, a good period of time for all of you? I'm really sorry about this completely. Uh broke your your our connection oh, got okay. broke. No, no problem. I, I, you get caught at how was family life during the pandemic and yeah. then it was was, was uh, I mean the pandemic was was not pleasant for anyone really. Um I think I had it pretty good in Monaco. I had a I had a really nice apartment then I had very large rooftop where I was able to do training and get some you know, not you know, sun every day when there was out sun out there, natural vitamin D, and yeah. and uh, Monaco was a pretty good place for for to be. There was so many worse places to get stuck, but uh, but yeah, and I'm extremely happy that uh, looks like that looks like that everything is is moving to a right direction now so uh, yeah thankfully yeah. I'm, I'm happy to that well you know in, in poker we have to change gears so in the interview we will as well we'll shift a little bit more into the poker stuff um you know plo pot limit omaha obviously continues to to gain massive popularity but you know like you said you were you were fortunate to come in at a relatively good time uh, you know, not just a, a no limit hold'em nosebleed professional. A PLO is really where you kind of you know broke your chops in there. Uh, what was that like? The early days of, of PLO, fifteen years ago, online especially. 
Yeah, I mean, I started to play PLO probably like 20, uh, 22 years, 23 years ago. Um, and somehow we figured it out in, in Finland that this is the best cash game. We had, <laughs> we had I would say, 80, 90% of the cash games already 20 years ago was just PLO. This is what we like to play. Um, and we had no... Holden was the tournament game, which is, which is, uh, I would say the best tournament game there is. But, uh, but yeah, um, I guess PLO has been the game where, where I had, um, maybe the most success in, in cast games. And, um, also like in this, this was my first game where I made my, made my good money, actually, um, pretty much things. Things got more excited for me regarding like making results and profit. When I put online, I now I forgot 100 or 200 euro. I forgot, but that was 1999. Yeah. And uh, and I played on this site 24 hour poker, which had pretty much only Scandinavian players and not a large, not a large players pool, which was very good for me because I learned now how you know i got to play with same players a lot instead of new players coming and you know you would have to figure it out so i turned this 100 or 200 euro dollars to like 30,000 in two months with just playing one dollar two dollar and two dollar four dollar plo and then some of when i had more i started to play some five ten but this was um this online really like escalated my learning process of the game and also the speed of making money like live game you know it was always a full ring and you grind all day and you don't get so many hands in it was just so much quicker quicker online and um and i was really fortunate to i i have done pretty much a lot of things in so unconventional way um and i can tell like how I really learned to play poker was was just completely experimenting. And uh, I was playing short-handed games online, three, four, five-handed, six max kind of heads up quite a bit. And um, my game was way too aggressive, overly aggressive. I was just raising most of the hands and betting almost every part and turn and I literally learned it backwards that I just learned that, okay, this is not a good spot to bluff here, not a good situation to try to buy it. And uh, so it was pretty easy. I just had to tighten up my game little by little and spot by spot. And, and um, but players couldn't adjust to my play style. They would, they do, they would end up kind of losing the reality of what's going on that they would just put it, put all the money in with, average hands when I had the best hand and um, if they would race me it was easy to fold and and um, and yeah it was but that's that's like how I that's how I kind of learned it I never read anything no book no poker books um, um, I never had really anyone to share any anything about poker information I mean with Zygmunt on the early days we were Sometimes we were playing online together, just hang out. And but 
we did not really have any good chemistry regarding like talking about hands. You know, it was, you know, he's also like a kind of a guy that he just does his own thing. And, but I believe this is the best way to learn that um, if somebody is there to, I would say to influence the way you are playing, your thought process, all these things, um, um, it's better that you learn to think yourself, do all the work yourself. Nobody's going to do it. When you're in a hand in a tough spot, you're the one making the decisions. Um, so I have it like this. This is in my roots. Really cool to hear. And I also like the, you know, the very frank, honest self-awareness. You said, you know, you came in at a very good time, uh, you know, all those years ago when the, you know, the player pool just wasn't that big. And, you know, you were fortunate to, you know, be very, very early on as far as this learning curve. And you're also aware, you know, there's millions of people out there, hundreds of thousands of people out there who've played plenty of PLO, who have tried that sort of method of being self-taught. And, and But the thing is, they're still playing 1-2 or 1-1 one, one or, you know, that sort of thing. They didn't necessarily progress in the way that you did. The thing is, PLO now in 2022 is very much not the same game it was back in 1999, back in 2005. It's a lot tougher. The people have that many more hands under their belt. Um, they're that much more experienced. And it's, I would imagine, a lot harder to progress if they would take sort of that self-learning route. Do you believe that someone, you know, 18 years old, 21 years old today, who wants to say, you know what, PLO, that's my focus, you know, that they could take a similar route to the way you did it? Or does there need to be something extra no. because the game is harder? No, definitely not. But now there is, look, we have, now we have very accurate information based on the technology and all this, you know, GTO. Uh, game theory optimal. Um, back in the days, if you would read a if you would read a poker book, that would just probably hurt your game, because the people who wrote those books, they are really, you know, far from the modern poker how it's played. So uh, that would just be another programming in your in your mind of. Um, but a lot of people did, and uh, it helped them at the moment. Um, but yeah, now now you really have to have good fundamentals to start, and studying is is a must. What you need to do, um, also what everyone needs to do, like it's a big misconception that uh, someone could just study a lot and become a good player without playing a lot. It's not gonna happen. Anyone has to play a lot, 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 and more, more, more. <laughs> And then, then you can become a good player. It's, it's. Uh, I would just say that it's like any other sport that you know you gotta really put a lot of hours for practice instead of in theory. And by, um, the, same, by the same token, I imagine also it's not like you reach a plateau and then you can stop. Also, you have to keep at it and stay in shape with you know fitness wise as well. Cor correct. If any of us who are considered as the top players takes a break and comes back takes a while to get into it like to play on your own top level like you you're gonna be rusty you're gonna be making few mistakes and um it's just something that you know all the 
all the players who are playing on the highest level, they're pretty much breathing, breathing and eating poker. And that's, that's the mindset. And um, you rarely see someone who's doing other things well, successfully on the side and, um, and playing on the highest level. It's, it's, it's very difficult to do. So you've talked a little bit about your roots in the game, how you started from nothing and then you built a hundred dollars or hundred euros into 30,000 in two months. Everyone knows again, now you're nosebleeds and stuff. Was there ever a point in time when you kind of like took a step back from a particular session and you said, wow, I'm one of the top players because you kind of discovered this entire poker world on your own. Was there ever this moment of epiphany of like, I'm one of the best, or is do you just have that type of confidence right from the beginning? Yeah, of course I've had. Um, of course I've had that. Um, I don't know exactly what I should say. I've had like a lot of tournaments or a particular hand, or when you were facing a particular opponent, perhaps. Um, I mean, I I really. You know, things things moved really fast with me. I, I would say that I became I became maybe the best player or one of the best players. It's poker, it's just you know, there's no such a thing as best player. And you can just say that one of the top players. But I became one of the most successful online players from Europe in really quick time. Um, I think that happened in like inside of one and a half years since I started to make money and and that was just with the simple fact that um, I was able to play against the best with really low stakes because online didn't have big stakes. And that was one of the things that I was really fortunate. I mean, I would find the best limit hold'em player on the online and play 30-60 limit hold'em with him and be so happy to break even after like one or two hour session. And I learned a lot from him. And I would do the pretty much the same in every every game that I wanted to improve at the, at the very beginning, that was kind of my teachings that go to play a better player. And, and, you know, and pretty much like I didn't have to play many sessions with them. And then I suddenly, I was winning against them. And, but that's the thing, like nobody really, nobody was really on, on a very high level level then. And, uh, and, uh, um, but things things happen fast. Um, I also had a lot of. I really, I mean, I, I played. I played a lot. I I probably averaged like twelve hours a day for maybe six years straight. So that's a lot of poker. And the rest of the time, I was doing sports, which I always do every day. I, I'm training, and and then I was analyzing, analyzing. I was doing a lot of analyzing in my head. <laughs> that's what I was doing. Just thinking a lot of situations, my opponents, what can I, what can I make to, to, to even have better results and, and just playing, playing, playing. And, uh, that was Almost just like how it the Doyle Brunson story. I remember that, you know, he, he has talked about how he used to just deal out a physical deck of cards and play out situations. So it's a, a similar type of thing. You just, went through the motions yourself with the online, uh, you know, going through your hands. Yeah, that's what I, that, that's just what I did. Um, um, and, you know, I mean, all this confidence comes at least with me from the results. 
I, I like to be as honest as I can be with myself. Then you go wrong if you have a, you know, if you have a wrong picture of the reality of your level and your opponent's levels. So um, I was always doing a lot of reality reality checks and um, and um, and what I what I lost my I lost my thoughts here. That's, that's okay. I mean, like I, I think we sort of get this sense of of your your mental journey through it, which is really you know fascinating and inspiring. But I have to say, you know, even you know Superman, even Superman has an off day. You know, like at some at some point you'll have a downswing or a bad session yeah. or something like that. Did you ever? I mean, your your progression is unbelievable, but did you ever have to sort of take a step back, take a break, have to drop down and stake all these things that you know the rest of us uh, ever have to do when 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 we lose our bankroll or something like that? Yes, of course. And actually, like you know, what I did is like I made more mistakes than anyone probably. Like I was there to experience it all, which other others had tough time of of doing. I would I would play games where I know that I'm in a not a favorite. Um, um, if I would manage myself better later on, I would change a lot of things. Um, so you know, I had I had a lot of I did a lot of things really poorly. But but I, I see that those things like they mold in there, and that's why I was also um, getting a lot of action and um, and so on. But I was playing th- in very bad mindset sometimes, and in a tired when I was really tired, and uh, and um, I made all the mistakes possible, literally. But I learned from them very quickly, which is the most important thing. That's how you really improve. I'm sorry. Is there enough daylight still? <laughs> it's okay. You want, you can, yeah, it's totally fine. Most people are just uh, listening anyhow, so that's fine. But okay, it's, it's okay. great. And I'm just sort of curious, also though. So what, you, you're very aware as well that having made those mistakes to a very large degree helped make you the player that you are. And I think you even said maybe it was in the finished documentary. You found that the way you thought about things. Um, the conclusions that you came to almost mirrored what the solvers were telling you, right? So at the same time, if that's the case, you understand your progression and and why that's been the case. Why do you say that you wish you would have done things a little bit differently? No, I mean, I don't wish that I would have done, but I I would have said, I would have, um, I, I could have had much more, more better results also. Like ah. it's, it's really, uh, it's really, uh, I did not manage myself really well, well on those days. Uh, just, yeah, just a lot of really long sessions. I was also sacrificing my body. I, I like I said, I probably played more than anyone for those six years. I played also many times around the clock, which is really un, unhealthy and, and like uh, I could, I could start just <laughs> saying things that have cost me a tremendous amount of money, but it's we don't, don't have to. Don't need to revisit that. That's fun. All right. Well, you know, one of the things it's very cool. You know, we don't often get to hear directly from the the high rollers. We all, we know you're part of that scene. You know, you look at your Hendon Mob. You've won over twelve million dollars in live tournaments. Uh, you had a, a $3 million win at the 2008 Super High Roller Bowl uh, in Macau. But I think 
everyone would sort of agree you're even much more known for what you've done on the cash game scene. Do you have any favorite memories or fun stories from cash games over the years that you look back and say, that was pretty awesome? Anything that you could sort of share with us? Yeah, I have a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I played a lot of fun, high, really high stakes games around the world. Um, played some really extreme games in Macau also. Um, what can I say? I know, obviously, private things, but, right, the um, privacy is very important. Yeah. You know what, I, I can just say that, you know, what people think of what's happening on these high stakes games, really high stakes, they're, they're, they're it's surprisingly a um, friendly environment. There's a lot of just things happening and joking around and, uh, and, and things, things like they don't, these are cash games and people don't play seriously. When you see more like people playing seriously on a tournament, Cash games are just like more like, you know, they're just different style, like you know. Um, sorry about not being exciting, but I don't really have any much of stories. I mean, I'm I'm just happy that um, it's been interesting to play with a lot of different players for high stakes because you know, poker is a game that it's there's one when when there's big money involved there's people involved we already have tough time in general of handling our emotions when people are communicating and so on and once you put people except it, especially like people with different char characters characteristics on a table who would maybe get emotionally more involved and there's big money involved i there's been a lot of like very funny, funny moments and things happening and emotions flying and chips flying and even fights and so on. <laughs> just like in a, just like in a good, funny way. And, uh, and it's been like really, really nice experiences overall. Like, uh, I, I play with a lot of interesting people that are very successful in, in their life in other ways. And, uh, it's been nice to share a poker table with them and, and uh, just a lot of good memories and nice, nice experiences. Cool to um, hear about. And then again, you know, we all we all know that you know it's there, and you know, there's these games in the Caribbean on private yeah. yachts and, and all that other kind of stuff. Um, it, it's I, always I could, just... oh, I could correct. I could correct uh, one thing about just in general. Like I, I consider myself just a purely a cash game player. That I never really played tournaments there was like a short period when i played tournaments in 2005 and 2006 i think i played my last wsop tournaments 2007 and since then i only played the main event few times so whenever people start to talk about my tournament results and no bracelets and something and i mean i haven't really played and and also like tournaments are not my my strong part of my game also like cash game players usually we are used to playing very um with deep stack steep deep stack games and um, um we also play pretty exploitative with exploitative strategies 
went in deep stack and and I, I understand my weaknesses. Like I, I would say that there's a lot of players who have played like thousands of more tournaments that I have. So they are more, you know, they're much more less likely to make make mistakes with 15 big blinds, 20 big blinds, 25 big blinds, 30. These are not my strong parts. Uh, you know, I haven't, even if I, I've studied quite a bit this, but to put it in a practice and have all these hand rages and the tournament structures, all these, you know, um, it, it's it's something that, that I, I actually think that I've been running really good in tournaments because I I have quite a bit winnings and for playing just a few of them. And also this 2018 was pretty much the only year I played these high rollers. I played 2019 some, some, um, so, so I, I think my, my, this Roy <laughs> return of investments, I think yeah. this is how you would, this is how you would look at like, this is, should be the proper way of looking at who are the best tournament players. I think mine is out there as one of the highest, but I've been also running really good. Like just to put things in the perspective, I think this 2018, I made from the first six high roller tournaments, I made five final tables and not one rebuy. <laughs> it, it, it was just a good run. You know? It's just a good run. <laughs> That's it. PA, nice life. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well, see, I don't, I don't have too many tournament questions. Like you said, it's, it's relatively rare that we get to speak to the um, high stakes cash game pros. And, and I, you know, I, I like, again, the self-awareness on your part about that. Um, so I'm kind of wondering then, you know, it's not, you know, we don't see, you know, except for, I guess, shows like High Stakes Poker, we don't really get to see uh, as fans of the game, as spectators, what goes on uh, in these big cash games. So I'm kind of wondering, you know, not, you know, results or anything like that, but two two questions for you. Number one, was there or is there ever situations now that you're obviously proven you've been doing this for, you know, half your life where you get intimidated at the table is there any sort of stake where you you know like there's that there's that famous uh you know when brad booth put three hundred thousand dollars on the table and you see for a lot of you know, that's a lot of money is there ever a stake where you say damn that's a that's a that could be painful or, or that could be wow that that's a, a difference maker does that happen to you yes of course um it's more like this that you know we all have good days and bad days and sometimes when you feel sometimes when you are feeling off like you can feel uncomfortable and this is like the moments where i could give some live tales and play a hand bad i just i would just rather just quit this kind of cash game when i have a day like this regarding money i think it's pretty like i really rarely think of it as money i just look at it as chips you know the game can be really big um but yeah, I've, I've been there many times when I have played way too big of a game for my bankroll and I'm feeling the pressure. I don't want to play a massive part. Um, it's too big of a too big of a swing and so on. So, um, But if you play cash games and you're going to get involved with those kind of games there and there because they just happen many times like out of nowhere and they've the game that you started to play could become 10 times bigger later on if someone joins and then everyone agrees to play bigger and and you know how it is so it's 
Yeah, I've been there. I've been there just uh, many times feeling feeling pressure about the money in in this way of of you know it could have affected to my decisions also. It and that's the thing with high stakes. Like I, that is an interesting part of it. That what you don't have in a low stakes where where um, the money becomes a interesting factor. Like even even for the billionaire guys like even you know it's a different thing to bet hundred thousand or fifty thousand on the river or even more or call you know we as long as you haven't lost the value of money it's it's a lot of money it's a car or whatever and um so so it's it's it brings another strategy of you know reading people and and uh putting them kind of on the on the scale of what are they comfortable and what's their abilities and if you know what i mean like it's it's uh it's it's an important part regarding managing managing your game game against these these players and so on and i believe that it's it's somehow that i don't know the reason why i'm uh I've been able to handle uh, this this kind of pressure and 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 so on. Maybe because of my sports background, I feel like that. I you know in sports you get on a very uncomfortable situations all the time. You get pushed to the limits. You just like performing under pressure, under extreme pressure sometimes, and maybe it helps for poker, but. Um, very in, very insightful. Uh, so, but I see my skill like I, I see that I'm I'm like made to play high stakes cash games. Uh, I have much much worse results and performances on the low, lower stakes. For some reason, I I haven't been able to bring the same kind of level as you know, on the high stakes. I I feel like that I have made. Worse calls, worse bluffs. I haven't been able to get on that present moment and really zooming in and 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 uh, maybe it's something about the motivation that that doesn't it doesn't get my full attention this this moment right now. At least it used to be like back in the days. Um, but the higher the higher we play, the better I've been playing always. Always, it's been. I would say it's. Most of the cases, I think it's the opposite that people play worse because they feel more pressure in the high stakes and they play better in low stakes. For me, it's the opposite, as, uh, at least based on my own experience. Uh, you know, we all know diamonds only form under the highest of pressures. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in, in that case, I have to ask also, you know, you've done it. You've been to the mountaintop. You are at the mountaintop of poker. You've got plenty of outside interests, you know, fitness and uh, tennis and you're a family man, you got a good life. What is it that still makes you go to the poker table? What, what are you sort of chasing? What, you know, you, you can practice whatever game selection you like. What makes you go and sit down at the felt? What, what are you hoping to, to experience or to achieve? Yeah, it's a good question. First of all, I think everyone has ups and downs sometimes sometimes you feel 
feel like you don't want to play so much. And uh, sometimes you really feel like it. And I, I'm kind of a player that I don't have a problem taking like one month off from poker or two months or three months. I have no problem. But once I start to play and I find an interesting game that this game is good, this is, you know, I start playing and I want to play every day. I'm like really, uh, I'm like this. I, I, then I get to the game and, and, um, but life is, you know, it's about balancing out, balancing, uh, I, I played a lot and, you know, there's a difference. Like you really have to love the game. You really have to love the game. If you don't love the game, I believe at least that your brain will not let you, will not let you like um, develop the highest possible skill. It's something like, it's, it's, it's something to do with the unconscious motivation. What you really love, you become good at. So I, I love to play. It's, it's in me. And of course, sometimes I, I don't enjoy the game if it's nothing exciting and, and, you know, but, um, but yeah, I can see myself playing till very old age. And, uh, and it's, it's, I mean, I always keep promoting poker as a game as one of the most amazing games. It just gives you, it just gives you so much. I mean, it gives you such an opportunity to learn things about yourself. Also, you know, for your for your brain, it's good. I don't really think about that. I do all the other things too that are good for the brain. But uh, for sure. but yeah, what can I say? I like I like to play and uh, and I enjoy playing all kind of games, even small games. I I enjoy I enjoy that that nowadays. It's a very pure answer. I love it. It's wonderful. And again, it's something I think speaks to all of us, uh, you know, fans, uh, players at whatever, whatever stakes we're at. It's very pure. I love it. Uh, you mentioned promoting and I definitely want to have uh, some time. I've got some questions for you as far as the promotion of the game with your PAPC and flop, but I'd be remiss. I have to just ask you a little bit, uh, a little bit about Phil Ivy. You got to play with him again recently before high stakes at the 25k heads up uh, WPT. You were playing online yeah. against him. That's not something you. Had, it's been a while since the two of you kind of tangled in that way. What was that uh, experience yeah. like for you? It's been a while. I'm really happy for Phil. Mm -hmm. Truly, honestly, happy from my heart that he's uh, he's back on playing on really high level. And um, yeah, I got to play with him a lot in my life. I'm very very happy fortunate that i got to experience like playing with him actually i mean he made me he made me a better player also like like i said playing against the best players it really helps you to improve and i was there i was there playing with him on those i would say three four years when he was literally just playing his absolute best and i i'm so impressed to really really rarely see him having having a bad session i mean everybody plays Hands poorly sometimes, but he was definitely the the best player those days and managing himself well, well also. So I have I have really tremendous respect towards him based on my own own experiences of playing against him. And um, too bad that I 
I played pretty poorly on that final <laughs> final table, and um, I made another mistake that I'm learning. You know, I got we were in Cabo, and and for some reason we I I I had some drinks the night before, and I don't really drink alcohol. Like I don't, I'm not in. I really rarely drink some alcohol, and uh, so I didn't feel that great next day. I skipped training, had a bit low energy, and it pretty much led to kind of a poor performance. I, I'm really not happy, not happy how I played, not creative, making wrong decisions, and he was playing very well. Um, but it was nice. It was a good tournament anyways. I, I, I'm happy the way I played the other other heads ups going to the final. That's cool. Yeah. And you got to play with him uh, on High Stakes Poker again, season nine. Uh, we're seeing each week new episodes. Uh, one other player uh, with who you got to play now just recently, but also many years ago on High Stakes Poker, uh, just you got, got to mention it, Doyle Brunson. Um, you know, you, yeah, Dolly. Yeah, Texas Dolly. I mean, <laughs> everyone knows also. He, he's, sitting, yeah. he's sitting on the mountaintop uh, there as well, you know, back, you know, 15, 20 years ago, it was like 10 to 15 years ago. Uh, and he's still there at the table season nine, high stakes poker all these years later, what's it like playing against him now versus, uh, beforehand? Yeah. You know what? Dolly Doyle Bronson is a, is a living example of how you can say, how you can stay sharp and alert for such an old age, like I would say that his body is aging quite, <laughs> quite normally, but he's really smart. Uh, he he's really sharp. Um, he's really on. Uh, to me, when I speak speak with him about things, how how I see him like interacting with the game and playing, like he's on a. He seems to be just like. Uh, any 30 years old like it's you don't see any signs of any signs of uh of him getting getting slower or 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 something like this so and he's been just playing poker and maybe that's a good example that how it will keep your brain sharp and young young if you keep just keep playing so it's problem solving and you know every day is a new day new situations new players so, um, but yeah, he's, he's a, he's a real legend, all the credit to him, all the credit. It's nice to see Dolly really, really nice that he's, he's still around. Yeah. It's cool. It's one thing to just watch it from the sidelines, but it's pretty cool to kind of hear that sentiment from someone who's in the ring with him, uh, as well. Uh, I promised you, we would, uh, talk about your, uh, your ventures about promoting the game. Uh, you know, we see, uh, on high stakes poker as well as right now, you've got the, the patched on flop first land of poker. Uh, what exactly is flop, uh, about and, and what are you representing when you wear that patch? Yeah. So, um, pretty much four years ago, um, Four years ago, I I started a, started a project with my co-founder for First Land of Poker, Flop, and uh, the goal was pretty much to help help the players help the players um, with with technology um, solving solving like things that how we can improve the experience of poker, how we can 
how we can make um, how we can ele- elevate our industry, how we can just like yeah, how we can improve things basically. And uh, the one thing that about we started to solve is this thing that everyone is still still struggling a bit of finding the right game what you want to play without spending a lot of time and hustling around and being connected with everyone and it's it's really it's pretty it's still pretty complicated process to when you want to play poker okay i want to play 10 20 and where do you find players and the poker room and how do you get to this game and you're driving one hour and no game or full game you're waiting bad experience you do something stupid and you don't go back and there's a lot of players who don't play because it's they don't want they don't want to waste this kind of effort and time for it and and um, so with first line of poker we have created an application where we want to connect players who have interest or interest of playing similar games same games whatever no limit and set and what limits and in the same location so we're connecting players based on their game preferences around the world and and also connecting them with the poker rooms which is a very key thing because that's another part where is a miscommunication that poker rooms don't have a tool to reach players and communicate with the players all together to to help these games to happen so so we have created these these tools and and um we have tested tested the application and all these the tool for the poker rooms and and now we have an event in uh, in Tallinn Estonia where we are launching kind of well the next version of the app we've been on the beta version but now things are really starting to starting to get happening and and uh um so this is this is one of the things that that uh, that we've been we want we want to bring we want to we want to make poker more popular there we want to offer the best service for the players everything is free for the players the app is free um and um but that's that's our main thing but we have a lot of things we we have you know we have created the flop gto where you can get all the game theory optimal solutions for pre-flop tournaments cast games heads ups all this uh all this so we have we have those and we're going to have post flop coming and and all the all the solutions like like you're supposed to have and um we also have our live brand which is PAPC Patrick Antonio's Poker Challenge. So we're gonna have these nice, very nice live events around the world in nice locations. And we have now in Tallinn in the Olympic Casino. And and uh, the goal is to do more events in the in USA this year. And, that's, that's, uh, you heard it here first on the Cards Channel. And also <laughs> like UK, UK, we got approach. Like we're gonna we're gonna have these nice, nice events. Uh, but we have pretty much tournaments from small stakes to high stakes, not very high stakes, 10K is the biggest high roller, and also cash games, cash games from small stakes to high stakes. And uh, and we have interesting things. We have a new advanced shot clock. Um, we will introduce that in, in Tallinn. It's 
it's kind of my my invention, but I I see this also um, inevitable of of coming to poker, and it's it's I could talk about it a long time. It's <laughs> it, it's re- I think it's really gonna it's gonna be good for just everyone who likes to play poker. Um, well, yeah, it's firstlandofpoker.com, you know, to get all of the details on what's going on uh, with the app. Uh, and again, also, if folks out there, if you run a poker room or if you want your poker room manager to be aware of it, uh, you know, basically let them know, firstlandofpoker.com. Um, and I want to talk about this PAPC coming up in Tallinn. It's uh, April 4th through 10th uh, coming up uh, soon. The thing is, uh, and, and like you said, you got that super high roller for a 10K and you've got uh, a ladies event there as well. Um, you've got the Patrick Antonius, uh, the Patrick Challenge, I believe. It's like a heads up uh, challenge where, you know, if you, if you get through the gauntlet that they get to face you, yeah. something like that. Yeah, it's like we are picking 16 players. Um, I forgot. It's through some live satellites and all these and. They're gonna play like a hybrid format, four four tables of four handed, and winners gonna play heads up against each other, and then the winner will play against me um, on a live stream, a heads up match. So that's that's where the challenge is, and uh, we're giving quite a bit away. I forgot already; it's on my on my phone. But we have we have really nice things what we're giving away. Like um, everyone will get something, and you know, we have a package for Monaco, for Monte Carlo, and free poker lessons from me, and and so on. Uh, I'm not gonna read that. It's it's irrelevant. Okay. But anyways, <laughs> it's a, it's a, we're we're very generous regarding what what we're giving out. That's cool. And I, I have one last question before we get to the just community questions. I want to try and get a few of those in. I know you have uh, another appointment yeah. coming up very soon. So my last question yeah. though is. You know, this idea of the PAPC, we don't see the Phil Ivey Poker Challenge or the Barry Greenstein Poker Challenge or the Ike Haxton Poker Challenge. What is it that made you decide to come up with this idea for, for doing live tours? Are you are you hoping to sort of create, I guess, a little bit of a legacy beyond your own, your own personal performance? Or, or what, are, what are we hoping to do with these? Uh, and why are you bringing it to America as well? Yeah, well, no legacy for me. I, I'm more interested of of throwing nice events for poker, um, and and I get to I get to try and experiment uh, things that I think are gonna be good for poker. Like for example, this advanced shot clock. Um, we tried it already in 2019 on high rollers. It's pretty much it's pretty much that is 10 seconds pre flop, and 20 seconds after the flop. And you get a lot of time banks to use, use, um, and and now there's going to be a change to it that if there's a three bet pre flop, then you get twenty seconds after, after. But the whole the whole point is really to um, get a better game flow to the table. So you know people are not waiting on their turn to look at their cards, and nobody's stalling, and and all these things. It's it's plenty of time. Even the dealer, like you know, after two three seconds, when he sees that you're not folding your hand, he puts the time on, and and you can use five minutes if you need. You have a lot of time banks. We're giving them like fifteen of them, thirty second each. So um, so um, but this is really, I would say that it's solving a lot of problems that are some, if you can consider them problems on tournaments of 
people taking advantage and making the game unpleasant with, uh, you know, just people want to come to play and you got to really think about the experience experience that, you know, recreational players, they don't want to come there and wait five minutes every hand. You know, they want to play. They don't want to be stared down and someone, you know, taking so long and so on. But it's, but it's really, um, yeah, it's, I think it's, yeah, it's going to bring also like a new strategy for tournament that once someone goes really low in time banks, you can, uh, right. you can, you can definitely, um, it brings another element of, of putting more extra pressure against this player, which is really welcome. It's really welcome, uh, uh, new strategy on the tournaments, and uh, we'll see. We'll see that that's something that now you get to manage. Like you play smaller parts, and you don't want to use time banks, so you don't care about small parts, for example. Like it just brings you a little bit extra things to manage. Manage, um, but but yeah, the goal was not to do any kind of tour and stuff. Um, but it looks like that these events are. You know, people loved it last time so much, and they've been asking since then that when is the new event? And we had a really nice one, and and we're gonna keep doing fun events. Um, no tour, but where I'm happy to throw events everywhere, and uh, and also it's like in, introducing our tools, what we've been building, our application, how we're using it our, in our events, and the, to the poker room and so on. So it's it all makes sense in this way in this way all all together <laughs> and, and folks again just a reminder april 4th through 10th at the uh, olympic casino Tallinn, estonia uh you can meet patrick and you know enjoy uh, everything that the papc uh, has to offer and we will and we will have uh first time we will have one day meetup games in uh oh, nice in, in olympic casino so even if you play like a one dollar two dollar no limit or plo you have a chance to play with me because I'll be playing in many different tables, you know, 30 minutes there, 30 minutes there, one hour, like on the meetup game, because it's a very nice thing. You know, people can take pictures and play hands against me that they could probably never have a chance to play with me because we, if we play different stakes. Hey, you're so speaking it's a, it's my a, language. So now, now I'm wishing okay. I was on a plane to Estonia. <laughs> so it can be a nice experience for, I, I for uh, anyone. And and by the way, Estonia Tallinn is really nice place to play poker. It's all brand new, high quality. Um, one of my favorite places to to play to play poker, definitely at least in Europe. So, uh, well, for, for those of us who won't have the opportunity to go to Estonia, uh, you know, this is now the segment of the show where we turn to you guys, our our cards chat community, where you can at least ask your questions and put them forth uh, for our interviewees. We have a, a dedicated thread on the Cards Chat forums for this. As we announce who our guests are, uh, you can send them in. And you know these folks, I don't know that they'll be in Estonia, but they still wanted to pick your brain, Patrick. So I hope we have just a few minutes to do that before, uh, yeah. before we have to wrap it up. Um, Chica Bonita, thank you very much uh, for sending these questions in. Uh, Chica Bonita wants to know, Patrick, uh, she says, You've won. You won the biggest pot in the history of online poker in your matches against Isildur, uh, Victor Blom. What can you tell us about him, and and why do you think that he unfortunately crashed after such an amazing run that he had? He also sort of had that fall. What's your perspective on it? Well, 
Victor Blum, I, I actually know him personally quite well. Mm. I spent some time with him. I've been in when he was living in London. I used to go to his place and stay with him and became friends with him. And um, to me, he is one of the most talented players that has ever played the game. There's no doubt about it. And also, I know that how he has learned to play. It's, it's kind of same way as me. There's no, there's no books. There's no. There's no, you know, studying. It's all, all in his own talented, talented mind. And uh, I've also I've seen him play sessions really like a genius, and also I've seen him play poor sessions. So I would say that you know why he, why he couldn't survive was pretty much that he didn't manage himself well. You know, he was, he was playing. He was playing and with a bad mindset sometimes and uh, wrong games and so on. But super nice guy, and I believe that if he wants, he can he can get back on the top level of the game. But I don't know what is his what are his like uh, what what is what are his goals right now in life. I I do not know that, but. Uh, Maybe we'll see him back. I he, he also like I mean he's a he's a pretty much full online player that live he I would say that he doesn't really enjoy playing live. Well I played live with him a few times and it's just he'd rather play online. So he's he's more of an online player in this way. Uh but uh, we'll yeah, that's him about on a, maybe yeah. we'll have to have him on a future episode and uh, we'll see, we'll yeah. ask him directly. Um, thank you, Chica Bonita. Crystals is uh, our next uh, question asker uh, here, Patrick. And Crystals wants to know, uh, I like this question a lot. Uh, your poker career has spanned a very long time. Is there still anything that you have on your poker bucket list? Wow. Wasn't prepared on that. <laughs> uh, um, it's kind of funny in the way that I I never cared about any of the titles, any of the any of the kind of um, any of the fame, any of of like. Uh, I never tried to do anything kind of that I, I would put goals that this is my goal. I never had that. I I was just, I've been just able to go through my life with living, living at the present moment and just, just like I've been following really my own like instincts and energy and, uh, and um, it's, it's more important how I feel about myself that how, how I've been playing, how I've been doing instead of like some results showing and, and, you know, like, uh, um, it's definitely something that, you know, sometimes I get off from the questions, but I definitely want to keep competing on, uh, on a high level. I might take some breaks from it, but uh, it's something that I want to keep testing myself and also also um, experiencing those those moments that are uh, when you play against a tough competition and you know seeing like uh, seeing where you're at. So uh, you know I, I feel like 
If you ask me right now, I think I'm going to be playing for a long time and very competitive poker. Um, that's just, I, I, I see like I'm, I'm still, I'm still kind of, you know, people see me as a legend, but it's still like, uh, I have a lot to give. I have a lot to give. I have also a lot to improve regarding my games, especially about tournaments regarding like all these 10 to 30 big blinds, just dialing that in, in the, in if I want to, if I want to play, play some, some high rollers or any, any tournaments and, uh, um, yeah, I, you know, I have a lot to give and also like regarding like first line of poker, this is something that we are here to help everyone in, in poker, everyone who cares about poker, we are, hopefully we can make a big impact of, of making poker more popular game, you know, just elevating the image of poker, you know, with just that everyone has better experiences and and services and and so on this is this is one of one of my one of my main things that i'm i'm working now i love that it's a great answer and you know i love that also that you obviously know and you're very thankful to the game and you know now i guess you see it's the opportunity to to give back i think that's very beautiful um we've got time for one last question um, so, uh, acid burn FX always asks the most creative questions. I see you smiling at the great name there. So thank you, acid burn. I love this, love this question. So we'll end with this Patrick, if a song was played every time you entered a room, what song would it be and why? Oh man, I, 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 I just, I don't want to disappoint this, this guy. Um, You know what? It's 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 com- this is completely random. It's just a song that uh that is just in my mind right now because we recently played it in okay. in Vegas. It has nothing to do with anything else than just good vibes. But it's just this song like for everyone. Just oh wow, <laughs> everything went dark. It's okay. Um, no, it's just it's just it's just the song that you know, just. What is it? Don't worry, be happy. Ah, this, this song, this song, we were vibing, we were chilling with my with, with my friends with this song. But what is life really about? It's just, it's just you know, all of us we can influence to our lives to make our lives better. Just you know, don't bring other people down with your energy. Just stay on good vibes. Help others. You know, make we are we are all in this together in this in this life. In some way, we are all connected. You hurt someone; it's same as hurting yourself. So, like, I actually think music is playing a very, very big important role to bring us together and raising our energy, vibration, all these things. So, uh, yeah, I'm just for me, it's just. It's just all happiness. Whatever we can just feel better. It's it's what I would I would choose this one. It's a 
tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm happy we chose that question on which to end the show. Uh, and it's a beautiful note. Uh, don't worry. Uh, be happy. Thank you, everyone, who sent in your questions for Patrick Antonius. And again, just a, a friendly reminder to all of you out there in the Cards Chat community. We would love for you to submit your questions for our future podcast guests in the dedicated thread on the forums. Guys, please be sure to give us a good review on iTunes and spread the word via your social media channels if you like the show. And again, one more, one more reminder, the PAPC April 4th through 10th uh, at the Olympic Casino in Tallinn, Estonia. You get to meet Patrick for yourself. Uh, hopefully, I don't know if I'll be there, Patrick, but hopefully in a future opportunity, I'll get to you know uh, see you again, shake your hand. And I just want to say thank you very much uh, for your time, uh, for spending uh, the last hour with us. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Robbie. And uh, you can follow us on Instagram, First Land of Poker, also PAPC. And you're welcome to follow me also even. I don't post too much, but sometimes I, I post things, share. And I will be more active whenever I feel, feel like it. And uh, Okay, Robbie, it was a pleasure. Pleasure. Thanks for a nice, nice interview. And I appreciate it. Got, guys, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Cards Chat. I'm Robbie Straczynski. You can follow me on Twitter at CardClearLife. I wish you all a wonderful day. Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community.